This is WTOP reporter Nick Ionelli, and today we're talking with Scott Goldstein. He's the chief of the Montgomery County Fire and Rescue Service here in Montgomery County, Maryland. First of all, thanks so much for everything you and your team does for the residents around here every day. Why don't we start off with that? Tell us why your agency is so important to people who live around the area. As the comprehensive fire and emergency medical service provider to all the 1.1 million uh, residents in the county and visitors and commuters through the county, um, we are their first line of, of responders to fire, emergency medical, and all wide range of other uh, emergency events that uh, they're faced with on a daily basis. And you have to deal with so many different kinds of emergencies, as, as you just kind of alluded to there. So how do you go about training for every kind of emergency, whether it be a fire or a rescue or anything that you come across? How do you go about training for, for everything so that you're ready no matter what you have to face during your day? Well, so, so 9-11 did change our, our emergency services organizations as the expectations of emergency responders grew based upon, you know, uh, many more things being possible or many more things being uh, experienced throughout the, the country and the world. How do we do the training? Not everybody can be a specialist in everything. First, acknowledging that is critical to then have specialists. All of our fire rescue personnel are specialists in firefighting, specialists in emergency medical technician. And then we have high-level training or technician-level training in a lot of those specialties. Paramedic is another is a perfect example of one of those specialties. Uh, not everybody in the fire service in Montgomery County is a paramedic. But about 400 are, and the other 20 to 2300 are emergency medical technicians. So you have to set to your teams, to your small groups, those specialties. Swift Water Rescue, you know, three or four stations of folks in Montgomery County are where we have our Swift Water specialists, and they train on that in addition to all their basic firefighting and emergency medical training. Same thing goes for building collapse, structural collapse, hazardous materials, weapons of mass destruction response. All of that is through these special teams and that allows the specialty or the specialist to really be focused on that because being good at those specialties takes a lot of training. And you cannot practically have an all-around specialist in everything. It's too much training. What guidance and advice do you give to the public in general to make sure that they're prepared for an emergency ahead of time? Plan. Have plans. So as children, as we were kids in school, as we have kids in school, you know, schools have their fire drills, have their emergency plans. We teach that to the children. We teach that to the parents. We teach the fact that everybody needs to have a plan at home. The Mid-Atlantic is 
got a wide range of weather experiences from winter storms through summer storms, hurricanes, or, or, you know, specialized weather events. Those all require maybe the need of having your three-day plan, maybe being out of your house for three days. Do you have that plan as to how you deal with that? Do you have food and water on hand? Do you have those special documents ready to go? Do you have a kit ready to go at home? But more basically, have your smoke alarm. Have your ex exit plan in your house. But the plan must be practiced. If you have it, everybody needs to practice it. Go through the exercise and make sure everything's there. Get out of the house and meet at the neighbor's yard. Make sure you notify that person in a distant city who may be a, a, a loved one that everybody's okay because the cell systems here in the, you know, the Montgomery County, the DC area are overwhelmed, but you have to have a plan. You have to practice it. Let's talk a little bit about technology. Everything's changed so much for the average civilian in terms of what we have access to the internet and smartphones and things are changing all the time. So for people like yourself, what would you say, what kind of technology innovations have enabled you to do your job better, especially in recent years? 80% of what we do, Nick, is emergency medical services. And the resources we can bring to the patient side have gotten so, so advanced. And the skills that our providers can do is such a higher level through this better technology and better training. You know, we have the ability to transmit EKGs or that heart, um, heart rhythm to the hospital. The doctors have the means to look at that, give us guidance over the phone as to what they're seeing. We have video laryngoscopes. We have those tools similar to what the doctors or the anesthesiologists in the hospitals have to help us do these very delicate and technical procedures. That's time critical for our providers at the patient side doing these life and death skills to uh, the, their loved ones. On the firefighting perspective, we have a thermal imaging camera. We used to have, you know, five, ten of these in, in the entire department, um, now these are coming in handheld personal unit sizes. And we have these on every piece of fire rescue or every piece of fire engine, ladder truck and rescue squad. And some of those units have multiples of that. That aids our personnel in seeing in the smoke obscured uh, environment. So a lot of technology has changed that enables us to do our job there. But the most important technology that's changed is communications. Um, cell phones, I think you mentioned that. Everybody has a, a, a smartphone practically in their hand, and they can do a lot of, of information gathering, searching, and reference versus uh, a day timer or Rolodex or 
a, uh, a diary where you had to use carry paper and pencil. Um, and that has extended to the fact that we have in-car computers. We have in-car mobile data terminals that allow our personnel to access a plethora of information from their vehicles without having to pull out DVD after DVD of archived information. And then our radio systems. 9-11 uh, showed us this as well. Um, we, were, we were and now have a much better uh, interoperable radio system throughout this region and throughout most of the fire service that uh, jurisdictions can talk to neighboring jurisdictions near and far. Uh, and, and law enforcement and fire rescue, public health and Department of Transportation in the same jurisdiction can can switch to a radio channel and talk to each other. Um, that wasn't the case, you know, a few years ago, and it makes a difference in our ability to respond effectively. And several events here in Montgomery County in the last, you know, five plus years truly demonstrated that. And this actually might relate to what you're talking about. When we talk about communication and and coordination with other agencies, uh, how would you say you best coordinate with federal, state, and local partners to deal with emergencies that happen? Is is that kind of on, along the same line of technology, or is or is that a, a deeper sort of thing that you do with other agencies? Can you explain how how you all work together to deal with things that might come up that require all of your work? Yeah, it does involve a lot of technology and with the virtual technology or virtual coordination platforms that we now have, um, what used to be requiring face-to-face in-person representations in an emergency operations center or an emergency coordination center can now be done through virtual emergency coordination centers. So that's a, a great resource. Um, but the interorganization, interagency coordination, uh, state, federal, local, um, starts with dialogue and planning. Uh, the time to co- meet somebody is not the time upon which the disaster emergency or the critical incident is happening. Um, when the truck rolls over on the interstate and requires a large scale response and evacuation and shelter and uh, boil water alert and all of those myriad of things is not the time to to learn, meet a person for the first time or to learn about an agency's capabilities. Uh, so the region itself has had a great conduit for that for many, many, many years. The Council of Governments or, you know, the that, that, that organization that covers roughly 13, 15 counties throughout the, the, the Washington, D.C. area. And through the committee process and, and the, the leadership of the Council of Government and its, its subcommittees, that coordination occurs, um, occurred throughout the early 2000s and, and remains through to today. And indeed, as something happens tomorrow or or next month, we will be we will be better prepared to coordinate through planning, exercise, and and coordination. 
Does the private sector play a role in any of that coordination? Absolutely. Um, so the private sector is in our arena deals with our hospitals, our public health. Um, so that's definitely not public sector. It's definitely part of the private sector, but they're part of the public health and the emergency response arena. So our hospitals and, and our healthcare industry in the broad sense is a part of that. Um, additionally, our, our community support elements, maybe our non-governmental organizations and our nonprofits throughout the community play a big part of that because fire rescue, health and human services, the county police and emergency management in this community cannot be uh, able to fully execute a multiple day, dozens of people sheltering operation. We need the help of our, our nonprofit community. We need the help of our community volunteers and, and that's outside of traditional local government. And it is definitely a part of the, the, the partnerships. And my last question for you relates to something that you probably probably are dealing with, I would imagine, cybersecurity, cyber threats, that kind of thing. Um, given the developments in technology that we were talking about and how we're all kind of online and connected, what would you say are the biggest cybersecurity threats or challenges that you guys deal with? Redundancy, real-time backup, as well as as partitioned or firewalled critical uh, components. Um, indeed, we're reliant upon portable technology, but uh, each and every piece of fire apparatus in Montgomery County, as an example, carries paper copy response maps, paper maps as a reference because two o'clock in the morning is not the time to find your computer's not working and you can't access that information about the apartment complex or you can't access the the hydrant layout in a community so we do have old school paper redundancy but some of that critical infrastructure and i'll use our computer-aided dispatch infrastructure as well as our radio infrastructure. Some of that infrastructure has to be configured in a, a much higher level of, of cybersecurity posture so that it's more protected, so that there's much more, uh, less, much less of a chance of, of vulnerabilities. Um, and those are, are, are very diligent decisions and deliberate decisions that are made and continuously made and updated that the recent uh, experiences only highlight the, the need to have these, these, these critical IT infrastructures protected. Okay, Scott Goldstein, Chief of the Montgomery County Fire and Rescue Service here in Montgomery County, Maryland. Thanks so much for taking the time. No problem, Nick.